I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy and I'm a quilter and welcome to episode 113 in which I announced the Quilty Resolutions giveaway. And I'm recording this, at least I'm starting to record this on, I think it's Wednesday, uh, December 19th, 2012. I'm saying that I'm starting to record this because actually my husband and I are going out to a movie tonight. We're going to go see It's a Wonderful Life in the movie theater, which is a fun prospect, a fun thing to do at Christmas. Um... So I'm just recording this while I'm waiting for him to get home from work. And although I know when he says he'll get home, he often doesn't actually get home then. So I'm just going to record until I can't record anymore. And we'll see how much I'm actually able to do. Uh, in this episode, I am, as the title might suggest, I'm going to give you the information about the Quilty Resolutions giveaway for 2013. I finished putting together the submission form, etc. tonight, so I will be embedding that on the website. So I'll give you some information about that after, of course, we begin with our Creative Bites. And then I have a boatload of stuff to talk about. I have um, some quilty kind of things, updates to talk about, some stuff I've had going on. I'll give you just a little bit of a description of one project, um, although I did talk about it on my blog, so I'm not going to spend a tremendous amount of time on it. And then I've got a lot of new stuff I've been testing out lately based on things um, other people have recommended or based on things I've seen in magazines, etc. So I have a lot of that kind of stuff to talk about. And then, of course, listener feedback. So here's we're going to just, you know, start <laughs> and see how much we can actually get done. Creative bites. These are, of course, sound bites of creativity. I always say they are three to five minutes of motivation, suggestions, activities for the week, and so forth. They're not always three to five minutes, although this week I think it is. It's kind of short and sweet. Here is what I want to say this week. Embrace the fear. I was um, doing some reading and looking through other books that actually had nothing to do with uh, creativity or quilting so much. They have to do with other things. And they, there was a lot in there about fear. And it really struck me. One writer made the point that, have you ever tried to get yourself stopping, uh, to, to stop thinking about something? And when you keep saying, oh, no, I shouldn't think about that. Of course, that's the thing <laughs> that is most in your mind. You know, for me, for example, my daughter bought cookies. She was home for a few days last uh, this week because she had a little bit of a break between the end of classes and her finals. So she came home for a few days to take a break from dorm life, etc. And she bought cookies and put them in the pantry. And I kept saying to myself, no, I really can't have the cookies. I really can't have the cookies. Well, you know, the only thing that was in my mind, of course, all day was the dang cookies. And then she left and she left them here. <laughs> and yes, I've been eating cookies and I need to just stop that. But anyway, that's, that's just the example of when you're trying not to do something that suddenly all you're focused on. So when we say, oh, don't be afraid, of course, we're going to be afraid. And the more you tell me not to be afraid, 
the more afraid I get because then my mind just locks onto that thing. Um, I'm terrified of heights. Absolutely. I mean, I can't, I break down when it comes to heights. I had a really <laughs> almost traumatic experience trying to do a high ropes course a few years back and I just melted down. And I wonder if part of it was because I spent the whole morning, that morning saying, okay, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And so, of course, when I got up there, I just locked up. Now, maybe if I had approached it differently, I might have had a different experience. I am, of course, now saying I will have no call in my life to ever be on high ropes. This is not something I really feel the need to overcome. So I'm not going to force myself to go out. You know, I'm perfectly happy with myself, but that's another story. When it comes to quilting, there's a lot of things that we may not start because we're afraid we're going to mess it up. We're afraid we're not going to be able to do it. We're afraid to cut into that fabric because the fabric's so gorgeous and we're just going to mess it up. We're afraid to start free motion quilting on something so it stays as a UFO on our shelf for a while because we're afraid we're going to mess up a beautifully pieced quilt. We're afraid. Here's what I'm saying. Don't Say to yourself, don't be afraid. Embrace the fear. Admit you're afraid. Look at that quilt and say, yeah, I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm scared to death. I'm going to mess this up. When you say it, state it, it, it's the old name it and claim it thing. As soon as you name that fear and you claim that fear and you say, yeah, I'm afraid, it takes away some of its power you suddenly find yourself saying, oh, yeah, I'm afraid. So what? <laughs> I'm going to move on. You know, it's it, maybe even saying it out loud will help take away some of its power because you'll realize it's actually a little bit silly to be afraid of that fabric. It's a little bit silly to be afraid of the quilt, um, of free motion quilting. So what? You might make a mistake here or there, but it's better to have it done. You know, and we always talk about, will the person that you're giving that quilt to even ever notice that you've made that mistake? If you're riding by on a galloping horse, will you even see that you've made that error? In any case, it doesn't matter what you're afraid of when it comes to quilting. The idea is to stop thinking, don't be afraid, or I shouldn't be afraid, or, you know, say, I'm not going to be afraid. Stop. Don't use those negative statements. Make it a positive statement. Yeah, I'm afraid. Okay, move on. <laughs> you know, name it, claim it, take away its power. So that's my creative sound bites for this week. Embrace the fear. I want you to all repeat after me. Yeah, I'm terrified. So what? Okay, I hear you saying it now. Yeah, I'm terrified. So what? Move on. All right, that's it for creative bites. Let me move into the announcement portion. I have, let me do the short announcement first, and then I'll do the longer one. Shorter announcement. Yes, indeed, I am doing a Boxing Day sew-in. Boxing Day being the day after Christmas, December 26th, for those of you who may not actually celebrate Christmas. On December 26th, I will be doing a giveaway on my blog that day, and I will be doing a Boxing Day sew-in, in other words, on Twitter. I probably won't be doing the level of a sew-in on Twitter that I did for Black Friday. On Black Friday, back in November, I did four giveaways just through Twitter. 
that day, in addition to the giveaway on my blog, frankly, I cleaned myself out. I don't have that much left to give away, so I will not be personally doing Twitter giveaways myself. If other folks want to do them, more power to you. Go ahead. I'll have fun entering into yours. Um, but I will have a giveaway on my blog, and I will post a linky if there's other podcasters who want to also do a giveaway that day and want to link up to my blog so that people can kind of do one-stop shopping. They can go to one place and find all the links for that day. That would be fantastic. I know I'm not giving you a lot of warning. I'm sorry, this month has been super intense for work. Um, I've just been so focused every day at work that by the time I'm done with work in the evening, I'm kind of mentally fried. And I've just been sort of in this mode of getting through one day at a time and not really realizing entirely how fast Christmas was going to be upon me. Um, Fortunately, I haven't had a lot of Christmas shopping I've needed to do. We're in a different phase of our life at the moment. But in any case, that meant I was suddenly thinking over the weekend, oh, geez, Boxing Day is coming up. I better do something about that. <laughs> so I will be doing a Boxing Day sew-in on December 26. I will have a giveaway on my blog that day. I will put up a linky for anybody else that wants to do a giveaway themselves. And I will be on Twitter during the day. But I won't necessarily be doing Twitter giveaways that day. Um, and in fact, I'm not entirely sure what my schedule is that day. My son will be home for Christmas, for Christmas Day itself. Um, but as I've talked about at other holidays, he works retail. And the day after Christmas is kind of a big day. Um, but I don't know what time he actually has to go back to work. So I'm not sure if he might be with us in the morning for a little while, in which case I probably won't be right on Twitter first thing in the morning. On the other hand, if he has to leave the night before or is leaving early that morning, you know, my day is kind of mine because the rest of our family will just be lazy couch potatoes that day because <laughs> none of us works retail. Um, so anyway, that's the Boxing Day sew-in. So December 26th. Um, now, the longer announcement is my New Year's resolution giveaway, or I'm sorry, my Quilty Resolutions 2013 giveaway. I have hinted at this before. I've done it a couple years in a row, so if you're paying attention to the calendar and realize, oh gosh, it's almost the new year, I wonder if Sandy's doing another resolutions giveaway. I certainly am. Um, the way I approached this, generally I do this just about every year. I kind of start by looking at what are my resolutions for 2013, um, I do some list making, I look around at my UFOs, I look around at things I've been saying, gee, I'd like to do this, that, or the other thing. And then I see what categories might emerge. And these are the categories that emerged for me this year. Here's what I'm going to ask you to think about and to make resolutions for in order to be entered into the giveaway. The first thing is what I want to accomplish I'll be asking you to list at least one, but no more than three. As you know, I'm always a fan of making sure your resolutions are achievable. And if you make a list of 35 things, likely you're not going to actually achieve them. So uh, here I am saying for the first category, what I want to accomplish, at least one, no more than three. Second category, what I want to learn, at least one thing, no more than three. The third category, what I want to experience, just one thing here. And then the fourth category I will be talking about in a minute. So what do I mean by these other three categories? The first one, what do I, what do I want to accomplish? At least one, no more than three. This is a place where you can list your UFOs. I've got a few UFOs listed here, plus a few other things I really kind of want to try to do. Um, 
Now, for me, I've actually only got six UFOs. I'm actually doing pretty well in that regard. I'd like to knock out those six UFOs. I'd like to go into 2014 with no UFOs, or at least if I have some that they're very, very recent ones and could might be considered more works in progress than UFOs. Um, the other thing I've got on my list of what I want to accomplish is I've got a boatload of two and a half inch strips. I think I've talked about this before, maybe. I know I've at least talked about it on my blog or on Twitter. I got talked into participating again this coming year in our guild's two and a half inch strip um, exchange. I had not wanted to because I said I've still got all the strips left from the last time I did the exchange, plus a lot of strips I've made myself out of mount scraps um, and some jelly rolls, etc. I've just got a boatload of two and a half inch strips. So since I will now be getting new ones, um, I have prioritized doing a few donation quilts using two and a half inch strips, things I can kind of whip off pretty quickly to off some of those strips out of my things. So those are on my list of what I want to accomplish. Um, I probably do have, you know, obviously if you've done the math, you know that adds up to more than three. So yeah, I've got more than three things on my list of what I want to accomplish, but to enter my giveaway, I just want one, no more than three items on under the category, what I want to accomplish. The second category, what I want to learn, at least one, no more than three. Um, these are what are techniques you want to learn, methods you want to learn, maybe design concepts you would like to learn more about, um, is anything that will enhance your quilt making in general. For me, I've got a, a bunch of craftsy classes that I have bought in the past and haven't gotten to yet. There's a couple that are um, priority for me that I really want to do. I am kind of in the middle of working on the one on stupendous stitching, but that doesn't feel so much like I'm learning something new. So I didn't include that in this category. That's for me is kind of more playtime, but not necessarily learning a new concept. Um, the two that I've prioritized for this purpose for my quilty resolutions. There's one on fabric dyeing that I own the class and I own the supplies. I just want to do it. I've really wanted to do more with fabric dyeing than what I've already been able to do. And there's one on color and I really want to get to that one as well. So those are the two that I've prioritized under this category, what I want to learn. The third category, what I want to experience. Okay, this is kind of more of a mushy category. Let me see if I can explain it by talking about what, where this came from. Um, when I was thinking through my own, what I want to get into in 2013, what I want to spend more time with, um, I really want to dive into, even deeper than I've already gotten, exploring the, cre the, the connection between my creativity and my spirituality. Um, as you know, if you've been listening for a while, last winter when I was on my sabbatical, I worked my way through Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way, the first book in the series. I've now been kind of a little bit pot shot. It hasn't been as consistent working on her second book, which is a follow-up to it, but the same basic concept. Um, she has three books and all. Plus some other things I've been reading and experiencing um, are really just helping me really explore that connection between creativity and spirituality. Um, and I really want to experience that even more deeply in 2013. So under my what I want to experience category, it it's that connection between my creativity and my spirituality. Um, that's my thing. And by the way, I do believe all of us are spiritual beings in some way or another, whether or not we believe in God or an ultimate being or not. Um, you know, basically, if you have the capability of transcending your own experience, looking at yourselves in relationship with the world, that's 
your spirit, that spirituality. Um, of course, for me, mine is very deeply connected with my theology, my sense of God. But for others, it might be defined differently. Admittedly, that's probably a whole different podcast series. So <laughs> I'm going to leave well enough alone. Just step away from the deep concepts, walk away. Um, and, you know, that's just something more for you to ponder as you're going to sleep at night. But you might want to, as you're looking at this category, what I want to experience, you might want to experience how your quilt making connects you through others or with others and join a quilt guild or making a new friend as you play with techniques. Maybe you want to experience connecting with younger generations by making a resolution to teach a child to quilt, for example. Or maybe you want to connect more strongly with your genealogy by doing a quilt in honor of someone in your ancestry. Um, maybe you want to experience giving through making a commitment around donation quilts. Again, this one's what I would refer to as kind of a fluffy category, but I, I want you to ponder it a bit. What do you want to experience? So you are going to, in order to enter into this giveaway, you are going to give me at least one or no more than three things you want to accomplish, at least one, no more than three things um, you want to learn. Sorry, my phone rang. I think I might have ended in the middle of a sentence there. But um, so we've talked about accomplish, talk about what we want to learn, and then one thing you want to experience. Now, here's the fourth thing. This one, I want to give thanks to Sandy Caldwell of Quilt Cabana for making me think about this one. And, and actually, it's kind of in the reverse because I believe she said she decided she's not going to do this this way. But as she was talking about it, um, I thought that really is a neat concept. Um the guiding word for the year. Uh, Sandy referenced, and I'm sorry, Sandy, if you could remind me where you had gotten this from, because I know it was somebody else's blog, that somebody came up with a word that they used as their guiding word for the year, and Sandy talked about she had done that for many years. This year, she's decided not to do it. For me, I, I love that concept, and it's not something I've done before, and so I do want to do it myself this year. And had actually already started doing it a little bit subconsciously anyway, so I'm making it official. And I want to have you think about, if you want to enter this giveaway, to come up with your guiding word for the year as well. Um, mine is going to be play. Every time I sit down at my machine or stand in front of my design wall or put my rotary cutter in my hand, I'm going to have in my head the word play and I want to see how that affects my quilt making. Um, I want to stop worrying so much about product. You know, I've, I've already made great strides in this direction in the last year, in 2012. I want to keep pushing myself further. Um, stop worrying about how things are going to turn out and just enjoy the process um, and just have fun. So for me, the word is play. I'm going to just consistently approach my quilt making as play all year long and see how that affects the overall my quilt making life. So what is your guiding word going to be? Maybe it'll be play. Maybe it'll be accuracy. Maybe it will be courage. Maybe it would actually even be career. If you're at a point where you want to try to make quilt making your career, that might be the words you keep in your head or something related to it to give you focus to everything you do whatever that's what i'm looking at is is what is your guiding word for the year something that will give you focus that you want to just really kind of embrace during the year ahead all right so again that's our new year's resolution giveaway for 2013 
I will have a form embedded on the show notes to this episode um, that you will be able to use to send these things to me. It's through Google Forms. So it's an online form. You use the form, should be able to work just fine. I only had one person last year that had problems getting it to work. Um, So hopefully that won't happen again this year. So again, what I want to accomplish, at least one, no more than three. What I want to learn, at least one, no more than three. What I want to experience, just one. And my guiding word for the year, one word. No sentences, no paragraphs, one word. And yes, you have to have every one of those categories completed to be entered in the giveaway. Again, the form will be embedded in the show notes of this episode. Um, And the deadline is, I'm just pulling a date out of the hat, January 15th, because that's about four weeks from now. Um, January 15th will be the deadline for this drawing. You will, anybody who has submitted their... um, giveaway to me there I'm sorry has submitted their resolutions using this form to me by January 15th I'll use random number generator and choose a name and that person will win the giveaway I have not actually fully decided what the giveaway is in fact I have to tell you what I what I'm really I was at least toying with doing I'm not sure I'm actually going to do this now I am sorely tempted to off some of my fabric and create a grab bag Um, But I do have to think about this. I have actually already, a couple times a year, once a year, maybe twice a year, I review all the fabric in my stash. And again, I've mentioned before, I don't have a huge stash. I have a very usable stash. Um, But I am a firm believer in keeping it rotating. So if there's fabric that's been on there for a while that I just no longer really see myself using, um, I will donate it to somebody or... um, give it put it in our guild silent auction at a retreat or something like that um but i have actually done a lot of that in 2012 i gave a whole lot of fabric to a guild near me that does um they're a charity quilt guild that's what they do they get together and they sell charity quilts so i donated a bunch of fabric to them so i'm kind of down to the point where when i started looking at my stash thinking you know maybe i should get rid of some more fabric and do a grab bag and you know just give a lot of fabric away um there's not a lot left on there that I can't see myself using sometime soon. <laughs> so I'm not sure if I'm still there. Um, by the way, I have no ugly fabric. None of it's ugly fabric. Um, some of it just reflects styles that I was in before that I'm not in anymore, but I know a lot of people out there still are in. So that may still happen, um, but I, I just need to give that a little more thought. So I will give that some more thought. And when I do decide what the giveaway will be, um, I will make sure I let you know. So again, Boxing Day, so in, and New Year's, or my 2013 Quilty Resolution giveaway. Sandy update. Um, what have I done lately? Very, I, I've been doing a lot. Um, I've gotten a lot done. The first thing, if you follow my blog, you know that Sandy Caldwell and I did both exchange postcards. We both managed to get our postcards from each other. Postal Service did wonderfully. Um, Mine took a little bit longer getting to Sandy than I thought it would. I'm not entirely sure why that would have happened. Hers came to me relatively quickly. Um, But, you know, that's just the vagaries of the postal system at this time of year, I think. Both of us were able to mail our postcards without them being in envelopes or any sort of special wrapping. They just went straight through the mail. Neither of us had embellishments, um, or shall I say, like beads or anything like that on them. They were straight up... um, applique pieced things with decorative stitching so there was nothing 
you know, hard sticking off of them. If you had embellishments, you might want to put it in an envelope of some sort, but ours were both, you know, very stable. Um, postcards. We both made, well, I didn't measure Sandy's. I think they were both four by six. They look like they're about the same size. I know mine was a four by six. Um, I believe you could probably do up to five by seven, whatever a standard postcard size is you can use. For mine, I, I, again, I think I gave all this information on my blog. I did a crazy quilt background using a bunch of um, green scraps, and I described how I did that process on my blog. I used Ricky Tim's Stable Stuff Poly, which this was the first time I used it. I bought it when I went to his seminar last July. Um, I, I liked using it in this application. It does not need to be removed is kind of the nice thing about it. You can remove it if you want. You don't have to. Um, for this, I decided I didn't really need to remove it because it was just going to get fused to a really stiff, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not interfacing, fusible, something, maybe interfacing, I guess is the right word, um, that you use to stabilize the postcard. So I didn't bother removing it. I did have a piece of muslin and then I sewed the scraps onto the muslin, kind of going around in a circle. I then appliqued the poinsettia over the top did a small blanket stitch machine, uh, machine blanket stitch around the edges of the poinsettia leaves, and then did some decorative stitching along most, but not all of the seams in the background. Um, I played with decorative stitching that I hadn't ever used before. Some of it worked beautifully. Some of it kind of skipped stitches here and there because it was kind of a weird uh, shape that I was trying to go around. But anyway, it, it, I mean, at a glance, it all looks great. Um, I did end up having to bind mine, which is sort of the problem because, because I had done this sort of crazy quilt thing, I had all sorts of raw edges all over the place and a decorative stitch just wouldn't have cut it. So I did have to do some binding on it. And of course, when you bind something that small, it's a little bit bulkier, a little harder to do. Um, but it worked out okay. Um, if you are making a fabric postcard yourself for the first time, think about the end result first and how that's going to bind um, how you're going to do the binding, if you're going to do a binding, if you're going to just do a decorative stitch instead. Um, Sandy's postcard was an applique with sort of a solid background that she was able to just do a decorative stitch around the edge. It was a much more clean edge than what I think mine ended up turning out to be. So if I do this again, I will approach the edging a little bit differently. Um, you know, this is just one of those things where I had a picture in my head, I did the picture, and then I decided to figure out how to make it work. <laughs> so, you know, you get yourself into some tight spots that way, but I did have fun doing it. Um, and Sandy and I have decided that's going to be a tradition. We're going to trade postcards next year again. We had a lot of fun doing it. And it was, I keep saying I now have a Sandy Caldwell original on my mantelpiece. So, um, and it becomes permanent Christmas decoration. I can pack that thing away with our Christmas ornaments and have it come out again next year. It's, that's one of the other things I like about this postcard thing. I may even just do some fabric postcards myself as small artwork, you know, to hang around the house to try out different colors or try out different methods or whatever. It's a, it's a fun size to work with. I also spent an afternoon on my day off um, a couple weeks ago now, I think. Maybe just last week. I guess it was just last week. No, I'm sorry, two weeks ago. I have no idea what day of the calendar it is, <laughs> apparently. Anyway, um, my friend Lori from Guild and I met for an afternoon and we made uh, six fleece blankets to do for a donation. There's um, a... Our guild sort of has ongoing relationship with a domestic violence shelter in a small town near us, and we do a lot of um, 
donations of goods you know each month we have a, a theme one month it might be paper products another month it might be school supplies whatever they need at that time um there were at this moment anyway um in at christmas time there are two families six kids total ranging in age i believe from about three years old to 12 i think is the oldest and so we had talked about various things we could do for these children as Christmas gifts to give their um, moms something they can give them uh, for Christmas. And so Lori and I decided to make the fleece blankets, and we did the kind that are no so you just tie knots along the outside edges. So you have two um, coordinating fleece fabrics together. You cut them to roughly two yards length, and then slice about four inches in all the way along. You cut out four inch corners on, you cut out the corners four inch square, and then you cut four inch fringe all the way around and then you knot that fringe and they turn out really, really cute. Um, they're relatively fast to do, although it was so much more fun doing it with somebody else. I have made those myself before and it can get kind of tedious. Um, but she and I had it down. We were getting those blankets done in about half an hour each, you know, just whipping them through. Um, and so we got the six done. That was a lot of fun. And it was so much fun picking out the fleece fabrics for them. All the fleece was on sale at Joanne's. So we just went to town. We had a great time. Um, so that was done. I did get my disappearing nine patch wheelchair quilt finished. That was the one that I had done on box. I'm sorry, uh, the Black Friday. So in day, I've already talked about piecing the top of it in a previous episode. All I had to do was quilt it and bind it. Um, I had debated trying to get time on the long arm over at the quilt shop and finally decided they would probably be so busy at this time of year, it would just be faster for me to do it at home. And so I did do it at home and the, the I just did a meander stitch, but I have to say it actually turned out better than anything I've done so far. So I'm clearly kind of getting better at this whole free motion quilting thing. I'm getting the rhythm down better. It really is a matter of figuring out what rhythm works for you, how fast your hands move um, in relationship to how fast you push that pedal down. You've really got to figure out what works for you. Um, and I really felt pretty good about the wheelchair quilt. And I felt even better that it was all stash. It was all stash. So that was nice. And that's going to be a Christmas gift for a family friend who is in a wheelchair. And I think she's just going to love it. Um, I am up to, I am still caught up with Easy Street, which just amazes me to no end. Um, I'm a little bit worried because I believe we're only halfway through. We're on, we just finished week four and I think she is going to do week uh, eight weeks. When she first published this very first when we were all just deciding whether we we're going to do it or not, she said at that point, somewhere along the way, six or eight weeks, she hadn't decided. Uh, but one of my Quilt Guild friends, um, subscribes to her blog, which I apparently don't. I thought I did, but I'm not getting this information um, that said something about eight weeks. And so that means we're only halfway through. That actually concerns me a little bit because this month I had days off. I had a little bit of time here and there that I could keep up with it better. I'm a little worried because once I go back to work after the holidays, January is going to hit me like a ton of bricks and I won't have days off. I won't have other than Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. We have um, a day off then. I'm a little bit worried that I'm whether I'm not I'm going to still be able to keep up. But the good part of this is that I will have at least caught up with so much of the beginning of it that if I do get a little bit behind, I will only be behind at the very end. On the other hand, I don't want to see what this looks like until I put mine together. So if I do get behind, I'm going to have to go into radio silence <laughs> or something so that it's still all a fun surprise and mystery to me. 
Um, but anyway, I am caught up with that. That feels good. Um, it's taking me more hours per week than I had thought this would. And that's the only thing that I'm I'm like, well, there's other things I'd like to be getting done that I'm not making as much progress on. But I'm, I'm still committed. I'm still treating this as a learning process. Um, you know, doing a full out scrap quilt, which I have not really done before. I've done sort of modified scrappy quilts. This is the first time I've just pulled fabrics together completely from my stash and the mystery thing is really you know I'm pulling fabrics together without knowing how they're going to be used so I'm not making choices as I go it's just sort of like okay she says to use the reds I'm using the reds now you know that kind of thing so it is very much a learning process an experiential process and I'm trying to get over myself in terms of the doing 160 or whatever it is of anything at any given time because I just don't work in that volume usually but I've gotten into the habit of I have Netflix going on my iPad in front of my sewing machine, and I'm just trying to be very meditative about it. So it's that, that part of it is getting less frustrating to me as I go. I am also working on two other quilts now. Um, one I can't even say I've really started. I've sorted the fabrics. That's about as far as I've gone. The other one I have started, I've got it cut, um, at least most of it cut, and I'm starting to piece it. Um, it's a Fibonacci quilt. I don't think I've talked about this yet because it was a fairly recently a recent decision. Maybe I've talked about it. I have a foster nephew and niece who have been with the family for a couple of years now, and I would very much like to make them both a quilt. Um, I had hoped I would get them done for Christmas. That's not going to happen. Even though our family, that side of the family, we celebrate Christmas a little bit after Christmas. Usually we celebrate it two to three weeks after Christmas. Suddenly this year we're celebrating it four days after Christmas. So I don't have as much lag time as I usually do. Um, so it's not going to get done in time for Christmas. My foster nephew's birthday is in January. I have a shot at maybe getting his done in time for that. Um, on the other hand, then I got thinking about, well, is his birthday before my next guild meeting? Because I really want to bring this to show and tell if I can get it done. So he may not get it in time for his birthday either, if it doesn't coincide well with my guild meeting. His is the one, though, however, I am doing based on the Fibonacci sequence, which is a mathematical sequence in which each number in the sequence is the sum of the two numbers that come right before it. Um, there are other Fibonacci quilts that have been done out there. I am doing a very, very simple strip um, pieced quilt, basically. I'm cutting strips in two strips of one inch and then a two inch, three inch, five inch, eight inch. Actually, add half an inch to each of those. That's Those are the finished sizes. Um, and then I'm piecing those together. I'm using black and white, piecing those together, alternating black and white. So that I'll have one block that's, you know, starts with a white and the second block starts with a black. And then I'm going to put all that together. And then I'm going to kind of add in the Ricky Tim's convergence quilt sort of technique where I'm going to then turn it sideways and then slice it again into one inch, one inch, two inch, three inch, five inch, eight inch, half. Um, and sew it back together. So you'll end up with that sort of convergence thing between the strips. And then I'm going to put those four blocks together. The trick is I need to figure out I have to do two of them in the opposite direction so that it all joins in the middle when I piece them together so it looks like it's all, you know, all the tight strips are in the middle expanding out. I don't know that I'm explaining this at all well. Just wait and see the pictures. You'll know what I'm talking about. And then I'm going to do a, a red border. Um, and then probably to bring it up to some sort of decent size, I'm going to have to do a stripped border beyond that sort of a I'm going to, what I'm thinking I'm going to do is use the rest of these strips because I'll have more left after I cut the blocks. 
um, and do a modified piano key type thing where the piano keys, rather than all being the same width, are the Fibonacci sequence with sequence width again. So anyway, this is, as you can tell, I'm doing my usual, just kind of designing it as I go. I'm doing a step, seeing how it turns out, and then working from there. Um, so that's the one I'm working on primarily. And by the way, I'm using Stonehenge, what's it called? Ginkgo line fabric for this. It's gorgeous. A little bit, I mean, the, the ginkgo fabric itself could be construed as feminine, but I'm hoping because it's not actual flowers, it's just leaves, that it's it's masculine enough for a 14-year-old teenage boy, you know, I'm hoping. I think it will be. Um, but what I'm also thinking is if it turns out at the end, if it doesn't scream to me my nephew, then I will either keep it, give it to somebody else, donate it, whatever. I'm, I'm mostly, I really wanted to play with the concept and it seemed like something that would fit him personality-wise. Um, for my foster niece, for his sister, I'm going to be doing a stack the deck design out of the Stack the Deck book. Um, I'm not going to talk about that much now because it's not in process. I'll talk about that later when I actually get to it. Um, however, unfortunately, again, Easy Street keeps getting in the way. Um, that being said, one of the nice things about working for a religious organization is they shut down over the holidays. So um, my last day in the office is tomorrow. I'm taking Friday as a vacation day, and then we're closed from Monday through January. My first day back in the office is January 2nd. Um, so hopefully I will have a fair amount of sewing time in those days off to be able to make a lot of progress on these quilts. Um, the new stuff I've been playing with. Somebody at a sew day recommended the Dritz Long Arm Grip Discs Non-Slip Adhesive Circles. And again, I will put links to these on the show notes. Um, these are flat, clear, mostly clear um, adhesive circles that you can put on the bottom of your rulers to keep them from slipping on the fabric. Um, they're made for long arm rulers, but they obviously work on any ruler that you want. And so I bought some to put on some of my rulers. Most of my rulers that I use every day are the creative grids that have those circles. Um, they're sort of friction circles, as I think of them, already on the ruler, so I don't need them. But my specialty rulers, like the ones I'm using for Easy Street, those don't have that. Um, or my older um, Omnigrid rulers don't have it. I've got, I've used some of the Invisigrip on some of the rulers too. But these are nice, especially for those specialty rulers that are weird sizes or weird shapes or triangles or whatever that Invisigrip you'd really have to cut out, you know, all sorts of nonsense. These, um, you just put them on the bottom of your ruler, and because they're clear, you can still see the lines through them, you can still see the edge of the fabric through them. I also like the fact that the way they're, I don't know if I'm going to be able to describe this, the way they are cut, it's a larger circle, and then the center of those larger circles are also already cut. So when you pull them out, you can push that middle piece out, so you have sort of the donut and the donut hole that are both adhesive. So you can use the larger piece, you know, around the edge of the ruler, and then you can use the smaller center circle just in places where you need to supplement the adhesion. Or for like on my easy, on the rulers I'm using for easy street, that's the companion angle and the easy angle. With the easy angle, there's this tiny little tip that I found the fabric tended to keep slipping off of that tip when I was cutting, so I stuck one of those little circles right at the tip, and it holds the fabric right there. 
So those are a really helpful little tool if you are looking for a way to keep your fabric from slipping around under your ruler, vice versa, your ruler slipping on your fabric. That's another thing you might want to look at is the Dritz Long Arm Grip Discs Non-Slip Adhesive Circles. I did also buy myself some needle felting stuff. I got one of those four-prong needle felter tools, a large pad, and some wool roving. So I'm going to be playing around with that when I have some vacation time. Um, mostly I wanted to test and see if I could needle felt wool roving into 100% cotton so I could use it as a quilt embellishment. And you really can. So now I'm kind of, like I said, I'm messing around with that. Um, don't really have any reviews. It works, you know. Um, that's all I can say about that. Here's another thing I just recently got, and I think it's either somebody else was talking about this. I don't remember why I decided to go ahead and buy these, but I absolutely love them. The Clover Wonder Clips Binding Clips. These are, um, they're fairly new out on the market. They're made by Clover, obviously, and they're binding clips that are fairly small, but clamp really well. They work so much better. I have tried to use in the past the ones that look like the ones you wear in your hair. You know, they're kind of the metal bendy thing that you just clip over. And they just always get in my way. They drive me nuts. And I don't actually use binding clips all that much. When I'm hand sewing a binding on, I tend to just use my hand to hold it down. Um, but where I found these binding clips to be really useful is when I was doing that binding on that postcard, it was so small and because I was doing the binding by machine, it really helped to use those binding clips to hold it down in advance of where I was, you know, sewing. And then when I was doing the um, wheelchair quilt, what I did was I used the clips and it, there's, I don't know how many are actually in this package that I bought. It might be a hundred. I don't think it's that many. Um, but it made it, they made it almost all the way out around the outside of this wheelchair quilt, which is something like 36 by 45 inches, something like that. Um, what I did was the night I put the binding on, you know, put the front of the binding on by machine, I then pressed it over onto the back and I put the clips on it. And then I didn't actually get to the hand sewing part for three or four days. By the time I got to the hand sewing part, when I removed the clips in order to sew, the binding actually kind of stayed in place. So it just made it a lot easier to then go through and do my hand sewing. So I really like those binding clips. If you're somebody who uses binding clips or, or wants to try them, I do highly recommend those Clover Wonder Clips binding clips. Again, I'll put the link to that on my um, show notes of the episode. I tried out a couple of new feet for my Janome. One is the side cutter foot. And this was supposedly to, um, I tried it out because I thought maybe this is a way I could put off getting a serger for a while. Because um, that's basically what it does, is it does an overcast ser uh, stitch like a serger does, and then um, cuts off the fabric just like a serger does. And so I decided, well, you know, it was a little bit pricey. I think it was 40 something dollars, but that's still a lot cheaper than a serger. And since all I really want to do with a serger is make myself tablecloths and napkins, I thought, well, maybe if I can get this footer, if this footer foot actually works, then that would save me a whole lot of money. Um, the problem I really had, and I don't know if I need to just work with this more. I'm going to go online and look at troubleshooting things. My needle kept falling out. <laughs> it was really weird. It's something about the way the foot connects to the thing that holds, you know, the screw that holds your needle in place on your machine. Um, the side cutter foot, kind of like a um, walking foot has, it has this bar that comes over that that screw thingy, whatever that's called. Um, somehow 
it would unscrew the needle. It, like I said, it was the weirdest thing. I could not figure out how it was doing it. Um, basically, it did work. It cut the fabric. It did the overcast stitch, etc., etc. But the stitch itself wasn't very neat. Now, that's something, it's probably just because I haven't really done this a lot, so I need to work on the settings on my machine to get that overcast stitch to have more of the look I want it to look. But I just could not figure out why the needle kept falling out of my machine while I was working using the side cutter foot. So if any of you have the side cutter foot for the Janome machine and have had that problem and know how to fix it, let me know. Um, I, I am going to try to play with it again, but this is not a foot I would necessarily recommend for the Janome because of that issue. Um, now, here's a foot I do recommend, and this is a universal foot. This is not by Janome. It's by a company called Creative Feet. It's the Pearls and Piping Foot. Pearls and apostrophe Piping Foot. This was recommended by Caroline Waugh in her stupendous stitching class on Craftsy. And I have a cording foot for my Janome, but it's not quite big enough for wider cords or anything with beads on it or sequins or anything like that. You know, I need larger items. This pearls and piping foot is made by Creative Feet. Um, it's a universal foot, so it's got, you know, high shaft, low shaft, or high shank, low shank, whatever that's called for your foot, um, or adjustments for various machines. You have to go, when you go on the Creative Feet website, you look at what the options are. Um, mine fits it just fine. No, I didn't have to, any of the adapters that I needed. It works beautifully, absolutely beautifully. I used it with um, some very thick yarn. I used it with a couple of uh, rat tail cordings. I don't have any of the, the beading, um, you know, the, the cording that has beads on it to test that out with, but I could tell, you know, it's big enough that I would easily be able to use smaller ones with that. You're not going to be able to put a string of pearls on there with this foot, but you can use smaller ones. Um, but it works so beautifully. I love this foot. It'll make a huge difference next time I go to couch anything. So again, that's the Pearls and Piping Foot by Creative Feet, recommended by Caroline Waugh. Um, I will put a link to that in the show notes as well. That one I do highly recommend. And then I'm not going to actually do a book review, but I have a thank you shout out to do. Um, Jay of Art Quilt Maker has a very special place in heaven because um, I won one of her giveaways on Black Friday and she sent me the Masters, Masters Art Quilts book, Major Works by Leading Artist. Um, this is a Lark Books, I believe. Lark Books, I'm sorry, I can't. I've got my page marked right now and I can't open the book to uh, see who the publisher is, but I believe that it's Lark. And it's just, it's a picture book. I love it. It's, um, it is actually, well, I shouldn't say it's a picture book. It's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Curated. It's a curated book of leading art quilters currently with examples of their work. It's, oh, it's eye candy. I just love this. So thank you so much, Jay, for um, allowing me to win this book. I'm still only halfway through it because I'm just taking my time with it. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. And again, that's Master's Art Quilts, Major Works by Leading Artists. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful book. Listener feedback. I've got a boatload, so I'm probably not going to be able to um, respond to each person individually, but I do want to say some thank yous to Noni, as always. She's um, sent me a couple of emails with links and information and such lately. Noni is somebody you need to get to know. She is just a font of information. So I always enjoy getting emails from her. Thank you so much, Noni, for that. Um, I appreciate people who have uh, posted comments on my updated photos of Easy Street every week in um, 
flicker and in thread bias as well. That's very helpful to keep me going. I always appreciate that. Uh, very Lazy Daisy left a comment on episode 111 in which I review more stuff. Um, and she said that the Creative Bites are striking a chord with her, that one in particular. So thank you so much for that, Very Lazy Daisy. And I know she's not feeling very well today, so I'm sending my well wishes out to you. Hope you're feeling better and back on your feet, especially in the holiday season. I know you've got probably an awful lot going on. Um, thank you so much to AJ Dub who commented on my, um, <laughs> I had posted a blog entry entitled A Finish Just Playin'. I had done some stuff with creating fabric out of thread using, um, soluble stabilizer. Um, go back on my blog to see the details about that. And she's, uh, AJ Dub said it was, she has a lot of fiber she could use for this type of thing. She doesn't have soluble stabilizer, but it would still be fun to play with. So, um, yes, it was a blast. I want to do more of that. And I, there's probably other ways you can do it besides the soluble stabilizer, but that was the method I learned and it works really, really easily. So, um, I would recommend that. And soluble stabilizer actually isn't all that expensive. You can buy smallish packets of it, um, at Joanne's big box places, stuff like that. Um, Engineer Sandy had, at least I'm assuming that's what ENGR stands for, had asked, when I had posted a picture of the piece I'd done with that, had wondered if it wanted to be a part of a, an iPad case. That's actually a neat idea. I hadn't thought about that. Um, I made it. It's actually finished. The picture of it, it is totally finished. It's 3D. Each of those pieces are kind of an individual little quilt. I finished each one of them separately and then attached them all together. So it's a three-layer piece. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's a neat idea to use as something like an, uh, an embellishment on an iPad case, a Kindle cover, something like that. So those of you who make iPad cases and Kindle covers and those sort of things for your Etsy shop, feel free to go to my blog and look at what I'm talking about and see if that's something you might want to adapt for those uses. Um, I did get some more suggestions on how to hang my, um, tapestry, but I, I am going to do one of my to-do lists for my week off is to put buttonholes in the thing so I can tie it with ribbons to a branch. That's what I'm going to do. Thank you to so, so much to um, Jill and to Kati from Kati's Quilting. And uh, <laughs> Kati made a, took a crack at me for not being a knitter. <laughs> and I refuse. I'm not going to be a knitter. I do have a yarn stash, however, but I'm not a knitter. Um, Thank you too much. Uh, thank you also to Landscape Lady who suggested I could um, name it the Grinch Explosion, which is interesting. I had not picked up on the fact that most of the colors in that are very Dr. Seussian and very Grinchy. And thank you so much to um, the Sewing Geek who made the good point, which is true. You don't always have to do something with a piece. Sometimes it's just the enjoyment of making it. And that's what I mean when I'm talking about my guiding word for the year is just play. I'm just going to do things, have fun doing it. And then if I can use them, great. If not, they've just been the learning process. Thank you to some, uh, so much to Sharon and Very Lazy Daisy again, and Celia and Jennifer and Kati and Nani, Noni, sorry. Um, Be a Quilter, Diane, Kevin the Quilter, Lori and Viria, Viria. Um, and let's see, I'm trying not to repeat names here although I know I already have, Robin, Sandy Caldwell, Denise, and JB1, um, June, Margaret, Shelley, Laura, Jackie, 
Sarah, Jess, Susan, Carol, and Debbie, um, all of you for commenting or emailing me. I am not going to respond publicly here to emails. I've gotten some wonderful, wonderful emails, except to say Debbie sent me a picture of something she had made with something she had won off of one of my podcast giveaways. And I love it when that happens. It's so much fun for somebody to then send me back a picture and say, this is what I made with what I won from your giveaway. Um, to see, because I'm like, I know that fabric. I recognize that fabric. It's just always so much fun to see what you do with what you've won. So any of you who have won fabric through one of my giveaways in the past and you make something with it, please send me the picture. I always love seeing that. Um, Carol, by the way, had emailed about Machingers. Machingers? Is that how you pronounce that? And there's actually been a conversation going on in Sandy Caldwell's Quilt Cabana group on Big Tent about, I don't think about Machingers. I think it's about the, um, what's that called? The klutz glove, the thing that's supposed to keep you from slicing your finger with a rotary cutter. Um, I have machingers, or at least I think I actually have the real life machingers, and they are really, I wear them all the time. Those are excellent, fantastic tools for um, when you're free motion quilting or any sort of machine quilting. They really help you keep a grip on your fabric. Um, I love those. So if you haven't finished making your holiday wish list yet, that would be a great stocking stuffer. They're not overly expensive, and usually you can get them at Joann's with a coupon. Um, I don't own the klutz glove, so I'll be interested to see um, what the results of that conversation is going on in um, Sandy Caldwell's group. By the way, this is another, I'm finding every now and then I have a podcast in which I talk about one person a lot. This is apparently a Sandy Caldwell podcast, so this podcast is dedicated to Sandy. Um, that's it. I wish I could respond to every one of your comments individually, but because it's been a little while since my last post podcast, I've just got too many of them, and I do want to try to keep this under an hour, which I managed to do, and I managed to get it done before my husband got home, so there you go. Um, that is it for this episode. You know how you can get a hold of me. You can email me at sandyquilts at sandy with a y, quilts with a z at gmail.com. You can follow the blog. You can find me on Twitter, Pinterest, Goodreads, Flickr, uh, thread bias, craftsy, all sorts of other places, all of those places. I'm Sandy Quilts, Sandy with a Y, Quilts with a Z. You can like the Quilting for the Rest of Us group on Facebook or join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group. Or if you're doing Easy Street, make sure you join the Easy Street Flickr group that Pam and um, Katie of, of uh, Katie's Quilting Corner and I have all kind of been in there doing stuff in there. Um, I also have an Easy Street group in Thread Bias, so make sure you join it there as well if you're doing it. Or you can join the Big Tent Quiltcast Supergroup and then the Quilting for the Rest of Us subgroup. And you could join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team. And you will find links for all of that and a whole lot more at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. Don't forget to go fill in the Quilty Resolutions giveaway embedded on the show notes to this episode. And I will also post links to the other things I've talked about, at least some of them, if not all of them. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. And until next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. Thank you.